Hello and welcome to the Estate Planners Podcast. My name is Anthony Brinkman and this is the place for will writers, estate planners and solicitors that are interested in learning the tips, tools and technicalities to best help their clients. This is episode 27 entitled That Dirty Word. What dirty word are we talking about here? Well, before I tell you what that is, I'm going to leave you in suspense for a little while, and I thought I would just preamble this topic with a question. Or actually, a scenario followed by a couple of questions. This is something that I faced myself with clients in just the last couple of weeks. So, let's suppose that you are sat with a couple and they have asked to see you because they've been having some thoughts about making their wills. They've heard various facts, in inverted commas, about wills and probate, and they don't know what is true and what isn't. You ask for an example, and they say, Well, I've heard that it's a good idea to sign your house over to the kids. Is that true? If you've listened to episode one of this podcast, then you will not have answered that question just yet, but you will have acknowledged it and promised to return to the answer when you know a little bit more about them. They ask you a few more questions and you acknowledge those questions in the same way, promising to return back to the answers to the questions a little bit later. Taking the fact find, you establish that Mr. is 62 years old and Mrs. is 60. They own their house which is worth about £300,000, and they have an equity release mortgage on the property of around 50000 The interest on that mortgage costs them about £250 a month, and they maintain those payments without paying more off the mortgage or taking more money out. They also have about £5,000 in savings. Mrs. has a small car worth, again, about £5,000, and it's just a few years old. Mr. is driving a 21-year-old Citroen, probably worth only about £250. They have two children, each of whom themselves have two children. The family all get along very well and they're all very close. Both clients have part-time self-employed positions and they make ends meet, but they're not really increasing their estate at all and are very much winding down towards the time when they get their state pension. Having got all that information, you proceed to answer their question about signing the property over to the kids, and you go over the concept of the Property Protection Trust as a more sensible solution to protecting the property, subject to the equity release provider's terms. You also discuss lasting powers of attorney and their merits, and advance directives. Okay, so, now comes the crunch. This is not a wealthy couple. They do not really have any disposable income and in the course of the discussions they'd made comments about having to be frugal with money. Mrs at one point mentions that it's getting a little bit cold and she'll give the central heating a boost but she says that she's not looking forward to receiving a gas bill at the end of the month. Neither of them is expecting any inheritance at any time so there's no real solution to increasing their savings other than working more which they've made pretty clear that they're not really prepared to do at this point. So, what's the solution for this couple? Two wills, each with a property protection trust, plus all four lasting powers of attorney, plus the Office of the Public Guardian's registration costs and advance directives. Let's keep the figures of this simple 
for the purposes of this example, and let's say that your fee for that would be about £2,000. Now the couple only have about £5,000 in savings. So here's the first question for you. Is this the right solution as far as you're concerned? Forget about their viewpoint for a minute. You haven't asked them yet. I'm asking you, listener, are you convinced that this is the right solution for them and that they should spend that money to put those documents in place? You see, I'm convinced that this is the right thing to do. 100%. This scenario that I've just described was pretty similar to the clients that I said that I'd seen in the last couple of weeks. But despite that conviction and that appointment... I did have a moment of doubt, not about whether it was the right thing to do, but about whether the clients would even entertain the idea of spending that sort of amount of money. I didn't let that moment of doubt show at all, and I presented the price along with the explanation of what those solutions were, how they worked, and what their benefits were. The look on their face when I gave them the price was, well, a little bit painful, They winced and they looked at each other a little bit deflated. They could see the sense in what I was saying and they agreed that they wanted the protection that it offered. But they said, well, we need to give that some thought. Now, I've been on enough client appointments to know, and I'm sure that you have too, that if I was to leave them with that giving it some thought, there's pretty much no chance of them going ahead. They might ponder it, they might consider it, They'll probably go online and find websites that say they can do the same thing for less. They will perhaps get some other quotes. Maybe they'll just leave it and think, well, let's not do that right now. Let's look at it again in the future. I know that the service I can offer them is excellent and that if I produce their wills and their lasting powers of attorney, then they will be right. I know that I can take care of them until the time comes and can ensure that their goals are achieved. So for me... I'm convinced that they need to do this. So again, the clients have just said, we need to give this some thought. So here's the next question for you, listener. What would you do at that point? In its most basic form, you've got two options. You carry on, somehow, to help this couple to put the right planning in place, or you don't carry on. You accept that they're going to think about it, You pack up your things, you leave the appointment, with the hope that they do get back to you. So, you can probably guess at this point what I'm referring to in the title of the episode. What is that dirty word? Well, that dirty word is, and yes, this might be a moment for a sound effect here. Sales. The skill of sales and selling. I've mentioned this previously on the podcast and I've given you my opinion on the subject. I think it was in episode three. I don't subscribe to any kind of approach that could be considered manipulative or hidden. I'm firmly against any kind of sales methodology that involves removing the other person's power of choice over their decision making. I am, however, very much in favour of having workable, honest, transparent solutions to help our clients to obtain the products and services that we provide that is going to help them and their family in the future. You do need, I believe, some skill in this subject called sales. There's no doubt that I'm going to be returning to this subject again and again. I think it's immensely valuable. So let's go back to our example clients again. 
they have said that they need to give this some thought. This is a slightly uncomfortable situation, isn't it? You treat that wrong and the work that you have done up to that point all goes to pot. This is a key moment. You know it and the client knows it. They can feel that we're at a fork in the road here. We need to give this some thought. See, I don't buy that. I don't think that they do need to give this some thought. What they need to do is decide and act. Deciding is pretty much instantaneous. And the worst thing that you can do is make the client wrong at this point or disagree with the client or try to push them into making a decision that doesn't feel like it's their own decision. I know that the client has agreed with everything that I've said about the will, about property protection trusts, about lasting powers of attorney. I can see that it resolves the concerns that they've expressed. I can see that the only real barrier, aside from making sure that the equity release terms and conditions are acceptable to a property protection trust, the only real barrier is cost. So, how was that handled then? Well, the first thing that I did was to acknowledge what they just said. I said, sure, let's make sure that you have clarity about the options that you've got before you. So, just stop for a moment there. The first thing I said was, sure. In other words, that's fine, I agree. You know, I didn't disagree with them. I used the, the flow, the flavour of what they were saying to help them. What does somebody actually mean when they say they need to think about it? They possibly don't feel like they have enough information. But underneath that, and this is vitally important to understand, underneath that is fear. Fear of making the wrong decision. Fear of making the wrong decision. Remember, the people that you see don't have the vast breadth of knowledge that you have about wills and lasting powers of attorney. That's your job. They need to trust you that you're helping them to make the right decision. We will writers and solicitors know that a major part of our job is constructing those wills and those lasting powers of attorney correctly, crafting the clauses in a way that makes their goals happen, navigating the various options that they have when taking instructions and ensuring that all the pitfalls of incorrect drafting and execution are avoided. But that is the skill of instruction taking and drafting. This skill, sales, comes before all of that and the essence is helping them to allay their fears of making the wrong decision. So let's carry on with the example. I've just said, sure, let's make sure you've got clarity about the options that you've got before you. Option one, do nothing. Don't make a will. Don't make lasting powers of attorney. Don't make an advance directive. It is an option. I'm not being facetious. It is an option. Option two, Make a basic will, leaving everything to each other. That costs about £300 and makes your intentions clear, but it doesn't really give much protection. At this point, Mrs. chipped in to say, well, we don't want to do either of those things. Okay, well, then the next option would be to not make a will, but to make lasting powers of attorney. That would cost in the region of £1,500, and it gives you all the legal powers that I've described but leaves what happens to your assets on death open to intestacy rules. £750 would get you the upgraded will with the property protection trust, and finally, you can give yourself the full protection of everything that we've discussed for the full £2,000. 
You see, the clients are on board with the concept of what I've presented. They've expressed interest in the services. So we're now really moving out of the presentation phase and moving into the closing phase of the sale. Now we need to apply cold logic to this situation. No emotions, just simple explanations and simple logic. This is really important. When talking about the products and services in the presentation stage and describing their features and benefits, you should be talking quite emotively. The client needs to get angry at the things they disagree with and get fearful of the threats they might face and get enthusiastic about creating the future that they want for their family. Get happy with the difference the inheritance will make to their grandchildren. But when it comes to the closing of the sale, closing the clients, when it comes to removing those irrational and illogical reasons not to go ahead, you need to help them bring rationality and logic to the table to help them. So the clients say, well, the will is the main thing that we want to get sorted, so we could just go with that. The husband is nodding at this point. Okay, and do you mean here the will with the property protection trust? Yes, they say. We we don't want those basic wills. We need that protection. Okay, well then let's put that element of the decision to bed here. Minimally, the wills are getting sorted out today. The question that now remains really is, are you going to go ahead with the lasting powers of attorney and advance directives? If you did just the lasting powers of attorney, that would be £1,500. But if you add those to the wills, then it's only an extra £1,250. So you would save yourself £250 by doing that. You see how this is applying logic and reason at this stage. It's just mathematics. You're not saying things like, well, imagine what a difference this would make to the kids to know that you've done this. And no, that's emotional, not logical. They need logic right now. Another important point here is that having just delivered a quite compelling reason for them to go ahead, in other words, the saving of £250, you need to then be quiet. See, this is one of those areas where the manipulative sales technique types would suggest sneakier ways of getting the client to say yes, kind of overwhelming them with reasons to go ahead and removing from them their power of choice so that really all they can say is yes. For me, I'm trying to appeal to their good judgment and their intelligence to make the right decision. I'm trying to empower them with the facts and I'm trying to work on their side to help them with their decision making. This is why I asked earlier whether you believe that this is the right thing for them to do. You see, if you're not convinced at this point that this is the right thing for them to do, well, then that's the first thing you need to handle is making sure that you understand and you believe that this is the right thing for them to do. If you know that it's the right decision, then you can give them those logical and rational reasons why it's the right decision. And once you've done that, you be quiet. Chances are they're going to see reason and say, you know what, let's just get this done. However, just to further illustrate this rather key moment, let's assume that the client persists a little bit longer and says something like, well, it's more than we were thinking about spending. So now there continues to be some resistance for the second time. Most people would have stumbled at the first hurdle, the point of first resistance. They would have packed up their bags and left. But you didn't. You managed to persist a little bit longer and you did so without it being uncomfortable. 
but now there's a second bit of resistance. At this time, to persist further might really start to feel distinctly uncomfortable unless you handle it carefully. And I want to point something out here. There is a great book by the author Grant Cardone, which is called Sell or Be Sold. Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone. Just think about that title for a moment. You're selling something, in this case, the merits of putting in place LPAs and a will with a property protection trust. They, at this moment, are selling you on the idea of waiting. So at this point, you are going to sell or you're going to be sold by them. I highly recommend reading that book. By the way, it is a refreshingly genuine approach to the subject of sales skills. So how do you persist and help this couple at this moment in time? Well, the first thing is to recognise something that the client has jumped from one stall or one objection to think about it to a completely different one, that it was more than they were thinking of spending. Now that indicates that they don't really have a specific or a legitimate objection. If somebody sticks with the same objection, it's far more likely that it's legitimate. Jumping from one to another suggests that it's far more about the fear of making the wrong decision. So, You need to use the nature of their comment, the content of their comment, to help them. In this example, that might sound something like this. I can quite imagine it is more than you were thinking of spending. An hour ago, you didn't really know that these options were even available to you. Now you do. And just as it's more than you were thinking about spending, well, not putting these things in place could well lead to your children spending more than they were thinking that they would need to spend to take care of you or to protect their inheritance in the future. You could even keep your response simpler than that. I've used this very simple approach to this kind of objection and it works surprisingly well. You could quite simply say, yes, I'm sure it is more than you were thinking of spending, but it's still the right thing to do. Chances are the clients will see sense and they'll go ahead. But there's one more point that is worth mentioning before we leave off this topic for a while. The clients that I saw a couple of weeks ago had come up with that first objection that I mentioned. We need to give this some thought. And I'd given them the, sure, let's outline your options, response. Once I'd gone over those options and I'd shut up, I'd become quiet and waited for their response, They kind of looked at each other, they made a few jokes along the lines of, well, you'll need to get out and do some more work. Or, well, we're going to be going to Blackpool this year rather than Spain if we do this. And these were comments and jokes made to each other. I gave them the space and the time to do that without interruption. I was observing that they were essentially trying to find a reason to go ahead, not a reason not to go ahead. Can you see this? They were, they were looking for solutions and they were looking for validation that this was the right choice. But they were, at that point, unlikely to get that validation from each other. So having given it a minute or two for them to discuss it and come to their own decision, it was becoming clear that they wouldn't. They'd made their jokes. They made a couple of comments to each other about how it seemed sensible and how it would help the kids and how they'd been meaning to do something for a while now. But then they started to edge towards comments about giving it a week or so to think it through. They needed a trigger to both be able to say, you know what, let's do this. Neither of them was going to say independently, let's do it. So I said, you know, you're right. You could give it a week or so. I could come back to see you. But 
realistically, probably not much is going to have changed in a week. If you want to, what we could do is just get on with this straight away. I can even take instructions for it today and we can get the ball rolling. What do you think? This was all they needed. Both of them, without any hesitation, said yes. No hesitation. They just needed that final little trigger to agree on. And they were both very, very happy with it. They couldn't thank me enough for helping them with this. And they've already given me a referral to a friend, which is just about the best validation that a client can give. I also met with their children as the attorneys in this last week, and they themselves were very thankful to me for helping their parents. All right, so we've scratched the surface of this topic. Hopefully you can see and hopefully you agree with what I meant about this being a transparent and an ethical approach to the subject of the skill of sales. This is the empowering of your clients, the educating of the client so they can make good decisions and assisting them in that buying process by first recognising the irrational or the illogical reasons not to go ahead and then, without invalidating the client, helping them to see what is or what is not rational and eliminate any fears of making the wrong decision. You could be the best, the most knowledgeable estate planner in the country. You could have an encyclopedic knowledge of wills and trusts and LPAs, but without some skill in sales, all of that knowledge is going to be wasted. We will certainly be returning to this subject in the future. I hope that this has been helpful to you. If you apply these principles, then hopefully it's going to help you to help more clients come to the right decision about using your services. I wish you all the very best until the next episode and thank you for listening.